Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Ellen Trackman here with Jennifer White. Hey, Hi, Jen. Hi. Uh, before we dive into our interview, question of the day, given uh, the season, I want to ask you in the spirit of Thanksgiving, what are you thankful for? Uh, well, I, I actually have been trying to have like gratitude, you know, like the gratitude practice that people have been having and like, yeah, it's supposed to be like highly, highly tied to happiness. Yeah. And like, you have like a daily post on like wherever your social media and I did it once Mm -hmm. and I have daily thought about it, but have not posted (laughs) about it. (laughs) You thought about posting a a grateful Um, post. Okay. Like actually, so one of my like gratitudes today was like, to myself, I was like, I'm really grateful that there are people that surround me that are forgiving and loving. And that like, even if I don't show it outwardly, that they accept me as I am and my gratitudes. And you know, like, it it was really like, and then I was having like a little happy myself moment. And then I was like, but my thing I was grateful for yesterday was I was like, I now live in New England. I am really grateful for leaf vacuums. (laughs) I have like super deep thoughts. And then I have really not so deep thoughts. (laughs) The leaf vacuum. I don't even know how the leaf vacuum works. I've, I've never it's seen one. It's awesome. It's like a little like, bag you wear on your back and you like suck it up like a vacuum and it wow. like mulches the leaves. It's incredible. Okay, oh, it mulches it too. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I will stop waxing poetic about my leaf vacuum. I mean, but... that's similar to mine. I was going to say I'm thankful for you. So, oh. you know, like, like a leaf blower. Life, oh, leaf sucker upper, but right. I, uh, I take things in your life and I mulch them and spit them back out. Is that <laughs> that's exactly right? Uh, but in addition to be thankful for you, my sister, my colleague, oh. my um, co-podcast host, all the things, um, the aunt to my children, all those. Oh. Um, I'm also thankful for those um, separately who advocate and you know, on their spare time, work really hard to make the world and the laws better for other people. Absolutely. We're very excited to talk to somebody who does just that. Welcome, Aubrey Goichai. I'm so proud of myself for pronouncing that right. How'd it go? (laughs) You did great. Excellent. Um, So Aubrey, I got to see from a Michigan Fertility Alliance uh, meeting where there's been a group of people really working to change kind of what's from the surrogacy world is a terrible law. And you personally shared your story about how it's affected you and your family. And I was so impressed with you and what you were sharing and also want to share what's going on in Michigan. And I begged you to come on the podcast. I'm so grateful <laughs> that you are here. Um, so Aubrey, do you want to start by giving a little bit of background? I mean, I already ruined that you're in Michigan, but um, mm-hmm. do you want to tell a little about where you are, what you do, and then we can talk about kind of your fertility journey? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm very excited to be on the show. So thank you for having me. And, you know, I'm always excited to spread awareness about the outdated surrogacy laws here in Michigan, because, they're really crippling to people that are trying to grow their family um, via surrogacy. And um, currently I work in sales for a staffing company. So we help um, find qualified people for companies that are looking for you know additional help. So I work a lot of hours doing that. And then on the side, I am working with the uh, Michigan Fertility Alliance and volunteering time to help yeah. see some changes here in Michigan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
where to start with <laughs> with your fertility story? Okay, so my uh, my fertility story, um, it started. Um, me and my husband tried to get pregnant for about three years, and we were not having any success, and so we ended up turning to IVF. Um, and we were lucky enough to have three embryos and out of those three embryos, we transferred our first one and it took, um, and in May, 2018, yeah, (laughs) May 2018, we welcomed our daughter Iris into the world and it was amazing. And we were super excited, um, for about five seconds. And then immediately after I had extreme hemorrhaging and a ton of complications, um, and ultimately it resulted in me having to have a life-saving hysterectomy. It's terrifying. So it was really scary and it was really awful, um, you know, to go through that. But we were just happy that I was alive, Iris was healthy, and at least we had one daughter. Um, And then ultimately it turned into a blessing because um, last year in 2020, my sister approached me about being our gestational carrier, our surrogate. And it was a blessing because, you know, had we not gone through IVF and I would have had that hysterectomy, we would have never had the opportunity to grow our family. Mm, I was wondering where the blessing came from. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for so, you know, for so long, we were so upset. Why do we have to go through IVF? And it was all like, you know, this pity party on why did we have to do this? And why did we have a hysterectomy? And, you know, now in retrospect, it's like, oh, we're so grateful. Thank goodness we went through that process because now we're having this wonderful opportunity to expand our family that otherwise we would have never had. Yeah. So um, we started the journey through um, really through the fertility clinic and they were really helpful on giving us advice on lawyers to talk to and get more information on the legal restrictions, I guess you could call them here in Michigan. And, um, you know, that was really terrible. And, um, it just, did you, did you know anything about it before when your sister offered Were you like, yes, great. We have this great solution. Or did you have a sense that there was a problem? Well, we, we knew there was a problem because we had kind of looked into it before my sister approached me, um, to see, is this an option for us? Um, is this, is there agencies we could go through? Is there someone we could talk to to get more information? And the more we would talk to the lawyers, it was like, no, there's no agencies here. No, you have to find somebody that will do it out of the kindness of their heart. It is a felony offense to compensate a surrogate here in Michigan, which was unfortunate because we're the only state out of all 50 states to charge you with a felony offense if you compensate a surrogate. And we thought, well, that's really bizarre because shouldn't this person be compensated? Yeah. You know, they're giving you a year or so of their life. And, um, you know, so it was really, really frustrating. And so, you know, that was, it made the journey really difficult for us. Right. Um, and so then what did they explain about an altruistic surrogacy? So a potential surrogacy arrangement with your sister? What do you mean? I'm sorry. Oh, so legally, not a felony, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, because we're not compensating her. Mm-hmm. But still not as easy it would as it would be in theory in other states, right? Well, yeah, certainly not. So um, the biggest hurdle in Michigan here is, so we can't have a contract brought into court. So we have to have a contract written up between us and the lawyer before we can even go through the fertility clinic. Okay. And so we have a lawyer involved. All parties have to sign off on it. Everybody's in agreement to how they would like things to go. 
you know, God forbid something were to happen to me and my husband who would have legal guardianship of this baby, etc. You know, it protects both parties. Mm-hmm. And um, so we thought this is great. And then we found out, well, you can't even bring that into court. So what's really the point? Why is this good enough for the fertility clinic, but it's not good enough to be brought into court? And so that was frustrating because it can't be brought into court. That leaves the opportunity for the judge to be able to decide who the legal parents to the baby would be. Wow. So that's frustrating because here in our situation, I have my sister and her husband that say, we don't want this baby. Me and my husband who say, so we, like, we want love this, this baby. baby. We don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and we're saying we want this baby. And uh, and the judge can still come in and say, well, sorry about that. They're going to be the legal parents. And it's like it's maddening because why aren't you hearing what we're saying and what they're saying and what we, you're not you're not listening to us. You're not hearing us. And that's really frustrating. And if that if they do deny my husband and I the parental rights to the baby, that means we would have to go through the entire adoption process and adopt our own biological baby back. Right. And from what I've seen, just like with news articles, that is what a lot, that is what people have to do sometimes. So I know Mm -hmm. I saw one story of a woman who had cancer and someone really kindly offered to be her surrogate, but then afterwards they had, I think they had to go through the full adoption process, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that can take years. And that is home inspections, background checks, um, drug screens, uh, questions on your parenting skills. I mean, it's very invasive. Yeah. So, and it's expensive as if we're not already paying an astronomical amount of money through this process. Now, in addition, you have to potentially budget to go through the adoption process. Right. And until the adoption, I don't, I imagine there's also all these kind of complications of medical decisions and having powers of attorney and, you know, whose insurance can you be on without a legal determination of parentage? You probably have to do a guardianship. I don't, I imagine there's like even more legal documents you have to do. Mm -hmm. So my sister would have to file a petition saying that she had a baby with another man. Because she's married, so automatically. Which feels really oh, fun when it's your wow. husband, yeah. It feels like a Jerry Springer episode. Right? It's pretty, It's like I'm insulted. <laughs> like this is so, you know, it's so upsetting, and it's, um, it's just, it's ridiculous. So she would have to file to say she had a child with another man. My husband would then have to take a paternity test, even though the fertility clinic has already said it is in fact his baby. Um, he would still need to go through that. Then she would be able to get him on the birth certificate. Then once he's on there, I could file to be on the birth certificate as a step parent all in the meanwhile, trying to, even though you're also genetically related to your child anyway. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and like the first year or three years or whatever, and stressful with a newborn in the house, you know, that's what we should be focusing on and losing sleep over is. All the, <laughs> all the gray areas of Michigan law, because That's it's crazy. not clearly defined. It's, it's maddening. And it's like, you know, the surrogate parentage contract act hasn't been looked at since 1988. Why have we gone all these years and all this science has evolved, but the laws are just stuck. They're frozen in time and they have not grown with us. They have been the same since we had to use traditional surrogacies when the surrogate would have a genetic tie to the baby. And in this day and age, as we know, that's, it's not necessarily the case most of the time anymore. Most surrogacies are gestational surrogacy situations where they don't have genetic ties. Right. Do you, 
have thoughts about why Michigan's so behind? Why is stuck like that? I, I mean, <laughs> what's wrong with Michigan? <laughs> let's get it. Let's just get to Michigan. What's what's happening here? <laughs> I I just think that lawmakers are not educated enough in what the process looks like today. I think that we are not being vocal enough about the problems and the issues and why it so desperately needs to be changed. Yeah. And can I ask with your advocacy work, are you seeing receptiveness by lawmakers? Yes. So we had the very first ever Michigan Infertility Awareness Day in September. And um, together, the Michigan Fertility Alliance, we spoke with over 50 lawmakers or their staff and talked about the um, struggles that we're feeling with this law and why we would like to see change and how it's affecting families and the growth and they were surprised. They were, they did not know that that was the law. They did not realize that the, you know, people that are denied a pre-birth order would have to go through the adoption process. And they were supportive of seeing change. They, you know, some of them weren't even familiar really with what IVF entails. Um, so just talking about the fertility treatment process, it was eye-opening for them and they were receptive. That's good news. I mean, I would be for anyone who hears your story of like your sister wanting to help you that why would the law make it so hard for you and your sister for both your families to do this mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. um and what kind of where are things in terms of the legislative process is there a bill being proposed hopefully or what's that I hope. Like? yeah we are really really hopeful that you know that the um that the work that we're doing and the awareness we're trying to spread has hopefully started to, you know, get a bill formed and get the ball rolling in the right direction. Um, You know, at least people are talking about it now, which is, you know, more than we can say a few months ago that they were doing. And uh, the Michigan uh, Fertility Alliance is working really hard to just keep touching base with different people that will spread awareness and help us just get the word out there. I started the petition um, in August about the, you know, the problems that, and the frustrations that I was feeling and how I'd like to see law changes. And we mm-hmm. got about 2000 signatures Oh wow! Um, on the petition. I know I was excited for that. You know, <laughs> I'm amazing. not, I'm not a politician or like, an, you know, a big social media person. So I was really excited to see how many people were supportive of seeing change that aren't going through it. I mean, they've got no skin in the game. They just, you know, could understand the frustration. And I think it was great that they, they want to see better legislation in place should friends or family or children or friends of friends ever be in the same situation. Yeah. Um, can I ask, how are things going with your sister? Are, are they going forward? Yeah, they're going great. So she's 27 weeks today. Oh, wow. Oh, congratulations. That Thank you. Exciting. Yep. So she's waddling around, you know, like <laughs> ready to have that baby tomorrow. And I'm like, keep it in you. Oh, my gosh, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we are, you know, we're filing. Um, I think next week our lawyer is filing the paperwork. So, mm-hmm. Um, for our pre-birth order. So we're kind of just holding our breath. That's, you know, that's really been the scariest 
hurdle thus far, in my opinion. I mean, the transfers were, of course, scary. And our first transfer actually didn't take. So we had three embryos in total. Our daughter is the first one. Um, The first one we did with my sister, Sarah, did not take. And then the, the very last embryo we had did take. And that was stressful, but this is more stressful to me. Oh. I really, it's just because it's so stressful because it's just, it's so unnecessary. And I just feel like it's just mean. It's just blatantly mean <laughs> to deny somebody a pre-birth order that, you know, for what reason? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. What can anyone who is in Michigan or outside of Michigan, what can they do to help support you? Keep telling people, (laughs) spreading awareness, (laughs) keep, you know, making noise and explaining to people why this is an issue. And, you know, the more people we tell, maybe more people will write articles on it or put the story on the news or you know, do a podcast, (laughs) you know, just help spread awareness. I mean, it's got, it's, it's got to get to the right people before we're going to see change and we've got to just keep pushing forward. So if somebody was going through this or wanting to go through this, I would say just join us, help be, you know, an advocate and help us fight for change. And how can they join you? Do they, do you have a website? Do you have a newsletter? Well, the Michigan Fertility Alliance does have a website. So people that are interested in joining up with us um, through the Michigan Fertility Alliance can go right online and um, join us there. Or, you know, you could go to my petition, which is on change.org. And I'm the only person that has a please help Michigan change their surrogacy law (laughs) petition. Wow. (laughs) So I can be found on there. Um, You know, social media. I'm, you know, I'm on Facebook and I love when people reach out to me and are like, Hey, I heard your story. I know we've never met, but uh, you know, my kid goes to this dance studio and her mom was telling me your story. And then I looked at Facebook and I'm blown away or, you know, I LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, you know, Aubrey G O J C A J and follow me and just join and share and be noisy. You know, we got to really get the word out there. Yeah. Well, we would love to do a follow-up. Hopefully, you know, this next legislative session where you can tell us all about the great success and that the law has changed and you have a newborn, a second child, a newborn. Um, So we are very much hoping to see that for, for you and everyone in Michigan who is facing this obstacle. Oh, I would love that. That would be incredible. Thank you so much. That sounds like a really good opportunity. And hopefully, you know, I have something positive to report back to you ladies. Thank you again to Aubrey Goichai for sharing her story and for all the amazing work she's doing to advocate for for Michigan and for better laws. We are grateful to you. And we are also grateful to and thankful for all of you who listen. I know like half the people Mm -hmm. aren't going to listen to after Thanksgiving and they're like, wait, what? Why are they doing all this? But Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) technically this episode is going up right before Thanksgiving. But we are always grateful to hear from you at our phone number 303-997-1903. We also, and this is pretty new. Uh, If anybody wants to go look for our Facebook group, you can go there and interact with us there. We would love to have your feedback and get get some talks with you there and kind of see what everybody thinks. What's your favorite? Let's have a, let's have a conversation about that. But in the meantime, before then, everybody go enjoy your families, eat as 
much pie as possible, especially whipped cream, um, and have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm.